things can be true. Not only can we say that turkey is bad, and here's a hot take for you just off the top of the rope. Round ball roundup, utahjazz.com, JP Chunga. Turkey is bad, otherwise we would be serving it on every other day, but instead it's a specialty item on this holiday. And also, turkey is good as a leftover sandwich meat. If I'm doing a number one overall pick for the Thanksgiving meal, might not be turkey, might be a prime rib, might be roast beef, might be something different, might be mac and cheese, I might even go side for my number one overall pick. Always be wary when something is better as a leftover than it is fresh out. That, just in case you weren't offended by my like Mike, is greater than Hoosier's opinion earlier this week online. Let's review the last couple games for the Utah Jazz. It's a couple games where you may want to use some of the new weekend lyrics for captions on Instagram posts. Two losses, one to the Bucks, 122-118, and then the Pacers 121-102 on Wednesday. The first one has to be that Giannis went completely MVP insane going for 50 on 17-31 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3. Anytime that he can just expand his range from just being able to drive and get buckets at the basket, he becomes so difficult to guard. Jazz in the game shot 47% from three, had a moment to tie with Donovan Mitchell, driving to the hole, but Brooke Lopez made a really, really good defensive play, comes off of his man. Jeff Green, you can see in the replays of the play that you've watched a thousand times, he ends up being open, but looking in the grand play design, Donovan going to the rack. You can't ask for much more than that. Donovan finishes with 20 points. On the night, the leader for the Jazz was Boyan Bogdanovich. He would follow it up with the 30-point game against former team. Boyan, again, having career-high numbers that he's posting in terms of averages. He's been everything and more for this Jazz front office and for this Jazz team. Giannis able to do it with Rudy Gobert not on the floor. He's out injured, returned against Indiana, and that's what makes that one more concerning because it is the worst defensive rating that the Jazz have posted this entire year and with the depoy on the floor. Pacers had a balanced attack, and you knew this already coming in because they have four guys averaging 17 points or more for that team. TJ Warren, Sabonis, and Brogdon all go for 20-plus they were balanced. The Jazz were not. Donovan had 26, but had to work for it. Boyan did not have another field goal attempt after late in the third quarter, and he was sizzling in that frame. 14 points of those 30 came in the third. It's 1 of 82, and we're almost a quarter into the NBA season. If you're looking at something for the Jazz to correct, it's that defense. With Rudy Gobert back on the floor, those numbers ought to get better. Indiana shot 24 of 36 at the rim. Usually when you have Gobert, it is not going to go that well for you. For Indiana that night, it did. Tonight could be an opportunity where Utah can get back on track because you've got, in theory, the easiest game of the road trip in Memphis. John Morant is a look at what this league is becoming. 19-6 and six is what he's averaging. Let's get more on Morant and an update from Shootaround as Aaron Falk of UtahJazz.com. He's down there in Memphis, embedded with the team. Let's get a vibe check from Aaron after Shootaround. JP, you know, you know I love a good vibe check, first of all. Um, I, I would say pretty positive, honestly. A couple of losses to start this road trip, but um, I think after you know a nice Thanksgiving dinner with, with the team last night, um, 
and and then a, a good shoot around this morning. Everybody seemed pretty pretty positive, and and obviously this is um, an important one. With uh, you just just look at at the schedule and the chalk, and, and a couple of difficult games coming up next. So so very, I think very very positive this morning. Honestly, what's been the explanation for the last two games? You know, I mean, uh, one one game is incredible regular season game. I think everyone left it going like. You know, this is entertainment. That was an entertaining game, and you end up missing Rudy Gobert and losing to the MVP, who was incredible, going for 50 points, and, and Giannis just carried the Bucks. And you know, to, to still have a chance like that on the road, missing Rudy, I think everyone walks away feeling, hey, awesome, awesome performance. You get Rudy back the next night, and that, it just just felt like they didn't have legs in the second half. I mean, they they were making shots in the first half necessarily but played really good defense and then you just close out some some quarters poorly you just kind of fall apart at the end and and that for whatever reason that indiana team has given them trouble i mean last year you know you can point to to bogey and and what they had but you know a couple of 30 point losses to indiana last year just just a really tough team really deep team that was that's a, a tough matchup for a lot of people i think and and caught him, you know, on the road and, and a bit flat-footed, and, and that's what happens. Um, and the, the good thing is you got three more on this trip, and, and really beyond this trip, the schedule starts to get a lot more favorable for the Jazz. So I think regardless of, of what happens over the next three games, you know, I, I, I would not press panic one way or the other. Well, and the big standout, at least for me, through this first portion of the season has definitely been Boyan Bogdanovich. You wrote about it on utahjazz.com, and Nate McMillan, he detailed how much of a warrior Boyan is. What stood out for you when you've watched Boyan play? I just see someone that is totally fearless. Um, I, you know, he took that, that shot and made that game winner in in Milwaukee. I, I, he looks like somebody to me that if he'd missed uh, 10 straight game winners, like that, he would still be wanting to take that one the 11th time. Um, you watch him in in Milwaukee, and then that third quarter in Indy, just catch, turn around, shoot, like unconscious. He's he is an incredible, incredible scorer. Uh, that, I mean, that's something that, that Quinn Snyder said. You know, you everybody like scouting report on on Bogdanovich early in his career, and and maybe even before Oladipo went down with that injury last year. Was this guy's a, a great shooter? But you, you're around him, and you watch him, and you realize, no, this is just a great scorer. He's athletic. He gets to the rim, you know, left hand, right hand. He dunks on people. Um, it, he's just, he's just a, a, a machine when it when it comes to the offense. And and you know, like there, there was a one catch and shoot turnaround in the third quarter of the other night that just, I mean, I, I think everybody on press row just kind of they just put their hand on their head, jaw dropped. It's just he, he's that kind of a player. He had his return. Now Mike Conley getting another return to Memphis. Was there as much hoopla as there was the first trip around for Mike Conley returning back to a team that he no, played for so long? No, definitely not. And I and I think uh, no one's happier about that than Mike Conley. I mean, you 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 look at what happened the last time. You know, he he comes in. He's got family. He's got a bunch of press. I mean, dozens of, a dozen reporters or whatever waiting for him at, at shoot around. He does a, a radio show with with Tony Allen and, and Chris Vernon here in Memphis. Um, it, you know, just it's just a nonstop day of of commitments like that. I, you know, he he has family here. We were here for Thanksgiving last night. Obviously, um, 
I think he got with a, with a smaller group of family. And today there was one reporter wanting to chat him up at, at shoot around. I think he's, he's here to just kind of lock in and, and kind of move past that. I, I think he was happy. And, and obviously that was an emotional homecoming earlier, um, earlier in the month, but to, uh, to do that twice in a row, I, I don't think Mike was, was interested in that. This is going to be a much uh, calmer, smoother return to Memphis. Have you seen his adjustment to Utah? You know, it's, it's still up and down. Uh, um, obviously started off with, with that poor shooting to start the season and, and he's finding himself. I think he's still really trying to get guys in, involved and, and figuring some things out offensively. Um, I don't think we, we've seen the, the best of Mike Conley yet by any stretch of the imagination. Just, just the way that he's kind of struggled to, to find his touch you know, with his floater and, and, and at the rim, I, I think those are things that are, that are just going to come around as, as time goes on, you know, everybody gets into, into funks in, in any um, part of their life or their, their job, whatever they do. And this is obviously, you know, he's had some, some hits and misses with, with it so far to start the year, but uh, 12 years of, of excellence. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not super worried about Mike Conley yet. I think he's, He's going to figure a lot of things out over the next couple of weeks. The other bit of news that arrived during, well, before shoot-around was that Ed Davis upgraded to questionable after him being on the injury report. How close is he and what can he provide? I would say Ed Davis went through shoot-around. Um, no, we won't know until closer to game time whether he will play, but it's been four weeks since since the injury, and that's exactly the uh, the time frame that he was going to be reevaluated. Um you know, I imagine he will test things out pregame and, and decide. But uh, talk to Rudy Gobert about him today. You know, he said, "Hey, when Ed went down, we knew things were going to get tougher, and and they have gotten tougher. He's uh, just a solid, solid veteran, providing those those backup center minutes. And, and Tony Bradley has has certainly filled in admirably at, at times. But to give Quinn Snyder another option, another really good rebounder, um, another guy that just knows." how to play um, just obviously a, a boon for the jazz and, and talking to, to Quinn and some of the other guys around, you know, obviously Ed's been just capping at the bit to get back, but he's stayed engaged. He's been pulling guys aside, trying to get in their ears and give them some advice, um, things he, he sees on the floor and, and it will be, it'll be good to get him back out there. Um, if he can go tonight or if not, obviously getting closer and closer to that return. How do you think it affects the lineups that they go with? Because, not only have has Quinn been very willing to play Jeff Green at the five, but as you mentioned, Tony Bradley has filled in as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll will probably depend on on matchups and and against a bigger team. You know, you, you like to go small sometimes to to force teams to adjust to you, but sometimes you know we, we've seen where. You know, we want size to match size and, and to have Ed Davis out there against the big lineup, to have him out there, if, you know, if you get Rudy is in foul trouble and, and you need someone to uh, match up with Valanciunas tonight, um, you know, you, I, th- I think you want, you want Ed Davis in, in your arsenal there. The other opportunity for Jazz fans is to see the former Jazz men on the Grizzlies. Not only do you have Grayson Allen, but also Jay Crowder, two guys that were very well liked in the locker room last year. Jay Crowder got a chance to talk to him this morning. Um, I would say still well liked in, in the Jazz locker room. He said he's still on a, a group chat with uh, 
Donovan and George and, and Joe, that Joe's actually probably a little nicer to him now that, that he's not around every day. He thinks Jay thinks that Joe misses him. So, um, yeah, he, Jay was, uh, you know, he's a warrior for, for bogey. And I think that the word applies to, to Jay's mindset, obviously it's just a, a tough, tough player and someone that definitely was ready to play every night. Um, when he was in a jazz uniform, he's had a game winner for Memphis so far. And, and they're a, a young team struggling to, to, finish out some games. They've had some, some close ones against some really good Western Conference teams last couple of weeks or last week or so. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be pivotal in, in bringing those young guys around. He kind of compared um, Donovan Mitchell and, and John Morant, their, their approach to the game being, you know, young stars. And, and he said he does see a lot of similarities in, in just the way that they're fearless and the way that they, um, are, you know, no moments too big and they, they want to attack the situation. So um, obviously a, a really fun matchup to watch on the court tonight. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see, love to be able to hear what Jay and Joe say to each other when they're on the court talking trash, because I'm sure it is um, ab- absolutely cutting and, and probably hilarious as well. John Morant is, just as a basketball player, a all caps tweet. What are you keeping an eye out for tonight on the court? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, pace of play. This this Memphis team now is kind of opposite of grit and grind. They're gonna they want to push, um, maybe even more than than the Jazz want to push right now. So it's sort of who who uh, imposes their will on on the other team and, and who who dictates that. Um, you know, I want to see um, Rudy a- after an, another game. You know, back from from his ankle. Uh, obviously, he said he felt good after after that one, but first get back even though you only missed two you, you're still trying to probably knock a little bit of rust off and and definitely want to see um a little bit more communication and and connectivity defensively because that that really hurt them in indiana um the other night so th- those would be my my things and then uh yeah I, you know give me give me mountain mike give me a mountain mike storyline i'm here for the narrative jp two teams that are combined 16 and 0 at home the raptors on sunday and then philly on monday next round ball roundup we'll get into more about that philly team but toronto is still very impressive that's the reigning champs and if you thought there was going to be a huge drop off from Kawhi leonard like many of us did well it hasn't happened that way that team on the other end is winners of five straight including a victory against the Sixers where they held Embiid scoreless. It broke Stephen A. Smith. 32 minutes and zero points. Zero. What? That's how many would react if Donovan was held scoreless. That's the equivalent. Toronto has been such a great story for this league. See Pascal Siakam take another jump to being potentially a most improved player two times over the Lou Williams of the most improved player category. They're one of the teams in the East that have a top 10 offense and defense. Fifth best offensive rating, sixth best defensive rating for Toronto. If you're looking at the Jazz, you want to see them jump into that top 10 offense and defense. Philly did bounce back. They beat the Kings and Embiid scored 33. They've won five of the last six. So good tests on the rest of this road trip, and it starts tonight against Memphis. That does it for this edition of Round Ball Roundup. Make sure to let others find the show. Five stars, nice reviews, all I ask of you. Thank you to Aaron Falk for joining us. We'll be back on Monday reviewing Memphis in Toronto. Looking ahead to Philly. I'm JP Chunga, and until next time, bye for now.